Well, good morning, everyone. Once again, my name is Matt, one of the pastors here at Life Church, and uh, we're going to dive right into the word this morning. Really excited to be able to bring you a fresh word in our series, Treasures in Clay Jars. In, in case you've missed it, uh, it started about two weeks ago with Pastor Mike with a great kickoff sermon with the kind of the big idea that God has put a treasure inside each one of us. Do you know that, that God's put something unique inside of you? And he said that without God, we can be very ordinary. But with God, we can be extraordinary. And I believe that. And last week, we built on that premise by going into uh, the book of Romans and kind of trying to understand a little bit more of that big idea, some of these ex existential questions like, what is my purpose? What is my meaning? What, what does my life have meaning? And how can my life have meaning? We talked a little bit about that. And we unpacked this idea from Romans chapter 11, verse 36, that everything comes from God that it exists by his power and the purpose of it, the function of it is actually to glorify him, that he would get the glory. And in light of that, we said that we ought to respond by giving our lives as an act of worship and then allowing that act of worship to change the way we think. And what the book of Romans tells us is that if we do, if we do that, then we will actually learn to understand what his will is, what God's purpose is for us. Isn't that great? And today, we're going to dive deeper into that, and I can't wait to get into it. But before we do that, we're going to go back to some of our scriptures. Um, and as we're going there, uh, we're going to start by reading 2 Corinthians 4-7, which is kind of one of the foundational scriptures of this whole series. Um, I'll just tell you that today, I'm going to be talking to you about walking in your gifts. Walking in your gifts. And so actually being able to walk those out, begin to understand what it is that God's put inside of you, the treasure that God's put inside of you, and beginning to walk that out. So um, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 in the New, Link, New Living Translation says, Now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. So good. Today we're going to be reading as our, our, uh, our passage, as our text, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And it says, Because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. Let Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much this morning, Lord God, for your word. We thank you that it's your word that is living and active, your word that is sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord Jesus. And we thank you today, Lord God, that you are working in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. And we pray that your word would not return void, but it would accomplish what it is set up to do. And we pray that not one person who's watching this would leave the same. God, help us to grow in our knowledge of you and grow in our knowledge of how we need to interact with you. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, Amen. Have you ever tried a new skill until you realized that you just weren't good at it? Uh, when I was about 30, um, I decided that I wanted to get into hockey. So I told all my family members, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I didn't grow up playing hockey. I grew up, I was a basketball guy. If you know me, you know that I'm about six foot four, maybe six five. And uh, it was basketball or bust for me. Um, but when I was about 30, I thought this looks like a fun sport. I was kind of a Canucks fan at the time. I still am. And, uh, and all you long suffering Canucks fans can relate with me today. 
Um, but I was a Canucks fan. I wanted to try the sport of hockey. And so I think it was for my birthday. I got some, some skates. I, I kind of started gathering some cast off equipment from different friends and relatives. And I was able to kind of assemble enough that I could go out and play. And I had this buddy that was a goalie and he dragged me out to men's league. Uh, there was a men's drop in, pardon me. And so I remember going out there for the first time and you guys, I was horrendous. I mean, it was, Honestly, it was the worst thing ever. I was just, I was really, really bad, but I loved it. And I kept going, man. I would go every week with my friend. I, it was a great time to get out, to kind of just clear your head, you know, get some exercise. And what I realized very quickly is that I was never going to be the guy that was going to dangle through the defense. I was never going to be that guy that had that hot slap shot from the from the point that could you know beat the goalie. I, I just I realized very quickly I had a little bit of a wrist shot, but really I wasn't that good. And you know what? I, I could have quit, but then I found something that I was actually good at, and I realized that what I could do that nobody else was really doing very well was I would go get the pucks that nobody else wanted to go get. So the puck would go into the corner, and I would go get that puck. And I started to rest, I started to uh, embrace that identity. And I would tell all the guys as they're coming in, I'd say, guys, you don't even need to pass me the puck. I'll just be the guy that goes into the corner, I'll get the puck for you, and I would pass it to the guys that would dangle and the guys that had the hot slap shot. And when I figured out what my role was, then I was able to rest in that, and I was able to walk in that, and it was lots and lots of fun after that. You know, I think... That idea of finding your role, of what your function is and what you're called to do is really what the Apostle Paul is talking about here in the book of Romans. And again, this is that idea of these treasures in clay jars, that God has put something unique in each one of you. And our goal in life ought to be to try and find out what that is. So how do we do that? Well, in the book of Romans chapter 12, Paul starts to give us a little bit of a taste of how to do that. He says this, because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith that God has given us. So I'm going to give you four keys this morning to finding that treasure uh, as we continue on. So number one is that this, everything we have is a result of grace. And again, we're building on the foundation that we started last week. What was it? Everything comes from God. It exists by his power and it's for his glory. So number one is this, everything we have is a result of his grace. Now let's unpack that idea of grace because I think a lot of times when you think about grace, you might get some different pictures in your head. But probably my favorite um, definition of grace is that grace is, this, is the divine enabling of the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. I love that definition. Grace is the divine enabling of the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. It's God working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Church, grace is the foundation of our faith. Grace is the foundation of our, uh, of our walk of faith and of our salvation. It is his grace. We are saved by grace through faith. And Paul here even begins this portion of the scripture by saying that. In the New King James Version, he says it this way, For I say to you, through the grace given to me. So right away, Paul is giving his, his readers an actual example of what it means to walk in grace. See, that grace that God has given him. Paul's saying, I'm not speaking this because I'm an intelligent 
an educated person. I'm not speaking this because I function as an apostle, but I'm speaking this because the grace of God is working in me. Come on, every good thing I have in me is from the grace of God. Every good thing inside of me is because of him and because of his grace. That's where it starts, is understanding that everything we have comes from him. Everything we have comes from him. And then he goes on to say this, don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. Okay, listen, this is what he's saying here, that we have a tendency to measure ourselves. What does that mean? We have a tendency to compare ourselves. This is a trap that we can fall into when we start trying to figure out what is my function? You know, what is my place? Where do I fit in? When we, when we start comparing ourselves, we can fall into a trap that would try to, to take us away from what God's actually called us to do. And this is what Paul's saying. Don't look that around at, at the other people around you. Don't measure yourself by other people around you. Don't think of yourself higher than you ought to, but understand who God's called you to be. So if everything comes from grace, everything is by his grace. Number two is this, measure yourself by God's view of you, not by comparing to others. Measure yourself by God's view of you, not by comparing yourself to others. Who does God say that you are? So really, actually, this whole idea really comes back to my big idea today. And my big idea today is this. The answer to the questions of function, place, and fit does not start by looking inward, but by fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's really my big idea today. It's that grace that we're talking about. When we start talking about gifts, again, one of the greatest traps we can fall into is the trap of comparison. You know, that other person, they're so good at that. They're so good at doing that. I could have done that when I played hockey. Man, that person is so good at dangling. I shouldn't even bother trying. You know, that person, man, they are such a great slap shot. Why do I even show up? But if you begin to understand that God has given you something unique, God has given you a gift that is unique to you. Do you know that God has done that? He, he, he didn't just create us all vanilla. He didn't just all create us all the same, but he gave us unique talents and unique abilities that your personality uh, it, it alone can, can uh, maximize and can bring out. The lie of comparison tries to tell you that what God has given you is not enough. But Paul says this, he says, don't waste your time comparing yourselves to others. Why? Because if you do that, if you waste your time comparing yourself to others, you may miss the treasure that God has put in you. Wouldn't that be sad? Don't compare yourself to others, but set your mind on him. Set your mind on Jesus. Set your mind on God. And trust that he has given you something to do. Something unique. We're gonna, in a few moments, we're gonna get really practical here and we're gonna actually give you a list of these gifts. But before we get there, we're just gonna continue to build this foundation, okay? So number one is, uh, everything you have is by grace. Number two is that, um, measure yourself by God's view of you, not by comparing yourself to others. And then number three is this. We continue on reading in Romans chapter 12, verse four. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now, I love how it says it in the message translation. It says this, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. Okay, so here's number three. We function best in community. In community. 
Why? Because we're part of a bigger, uh, a, a bigger body. We're part of a bigger picture. This is kind of like that idea of um, the idea of unity and individuality in harmony. Isn't that a cool picture that God didn't just create us a bunch of uh, you, like you know, robots and we all just do the same thing, but he actually gave us a personality and he gave us giftings and talents. And in this way, we're, we're like a mosaic. I remember when I was a kid, I, I had this art project. I'm terrible at art. My daughter is amazing. Both of my daughters are amazing, actually, but I'm not very good at art. And but but I remember doing this art project. It sticks out in my mind. And we did a mosaic. And basically, they gave us a picture, and then they gave us a bunch of different types of beans, like lima beans and black beans and all this stuff. And we would glue the lima beans or the black beans into certain areas in the picture. And I remember, you know, we created like this pathway that like wound through this green field. And the the lima beans were the green field, and the black beans were the pathway. But as you added each individual piece into it, it created a picture. And it showed this, this beautiful piece of art. Well, you know, for a grade four-year-old or whatever, grade four. Um, but the, my point is this. We're like a mosaic. You, there's something unique in you. And when you put it together as the body of Christ, it creates a beautiful picture. You are needed. You are valuable to the body of Christ. Now, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So this is the fourth thing. The fourth thing is this. Be confident in who God has made you to be. And again, it's not about the person beside you. It's not about that other person that, you know, is very, very talented at whatever they do. But there's a gift and a unique treasure that God has put inside of you. So now let's talk about what those treasures are. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Here's the list. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Oh, and if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Oh, and if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Can you believe that's in the Bible? I mean, how practical is that? So here's the list. And maybe I, my prayer for you today is that you might find yourself in this list. I, now, I'm going to say this about the list. This list is something that we can all do. There's certain elements of this list that everybody uh, you know, should be able to do. But I believe there's certain giftings in here that you are going to be strongest in. And this is the grace of God that is working in your life, okay? So here we go. Um, number one, the gift is prophecy. And that's to declare, or not just foretelling, the, telling the future, but also foretelling, telling the truths of God. It's declaring by the inspiration, truth by the inspiration of the Spirit. That's that idea of prophecy. Speak out when God has given you something to say. Number two might be serving others. Maybe your gift is that you are so good at serving others. This is such a great gift to have. I know so many people who are great servants. I can think of people right now off the top of my head who are amazing at serving others. Um, Mark Schoberg is amazing at serving others. He's incredible at it. It just blows me away. Just a servant's heart. I just love that, that heart. Um, you know, number three is teaching. 
Man, maybe you've got the gift to take knowledge and to break it down into uh, you know, pieces so that people can understand it. You can organize your thoughts in such a way that you can communicate truth to others and then give them something that they can take with them. That's a gift of teaching. And you, the Bible says do it well. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. Man, that's an incredible gift to have. You can go around and you can build other people up. God's giving you confidence and an ability to do that. How about giving? The Bible says give generously. This is the idea of, of giving with an open hand. It's to say, listen, I'm going to give and I'm not expecting anything in return. I'm going to give and I'm not going to tell you, you got to get some new lights in the background. And because I just gave all that money. No, no, no. I'm going to give generously. Maybe you've got a gift for giving. I've known people like that that have a gift for giving. Um, leadership is another gift. And maybe you have an amazing ability to, to organize, to put things in order. And this is a leadership gift that God has given you. Um, you. You can see a problem and you can organize a team around that problem to solve it together. That's a leadership ability that God has given you. Or maybe kindness is the gift that God's given you. This is the ability to show mercy and compassion towards others. Believe it or not, this is a gift, church. This is a gift that some of you are very, very strong in. Man, there's this, this sense of empathy in you. You can empathize with people and you can feel their pain. And you, you, you have all the time in the world for people. You know, sometimes this is at odds with a leadership gift, which is all about the organization and getting things done, right? There's a gift that God has given you. So how do we discern it? How do we figure out what gifts that God has for us? And I believe that the, one of the keys to helping to do that is actually found as we continue reading this passage. Because after these seven gifts that Paul lays out, that I believe, again, all of us should have a little bit of in our lives, but some of us are going to be really strong in, in certain areas. Um, after these seven gifts, he starts to lay out a way that we should all live. And I'm going to read those out to you now as well. And then we're going to focus in on two of those as we close today. Okay. So Romans 12 verse nine says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. I think we all need to do that. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Amen. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. See, this section of Romans, I believe, is something that we all ought to do. We all ought to live that way. And, and one of the keys, I believe, to helping us find our giftings, what are we most strongest at, I think is found in, in two of these. And if we were to, to list these out, this is what it would look like. It would look like really love other people, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, take delight in honoring each other, don't be lazy but work hard, find joy in the hope he brings, be patient in trouble, keep on praying, and practice hospitality. And if we were to just take two of those, which would be in Romans 10 and Romans 11, I believe that right in there is one of the secrets to helping us define which gift we have. It says this in Romans 10 verse 12, 12 verse 10. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Okay, so if we did that, think about that. If we love each other with genuine affection, first of all, we go back to what Paul talks about at the very beginning here in Romans chapter 12 verse 3, where he talks about um, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Um, he says, uh, uh, he says, uh, measure yourself by the faith that God has given us, 
right? So when you are confident and you are strong in who God has called you to be, it gives you an ability to not think about yourself. One of the greatest gifts that it gives you is, is, an, is an awareness that you are not God, but he is. He is God. And then you can focus on him and it allows you to look outside of yourself and to love other people. You love God and then you'll love others. And so we love each other with genuine affection. We take delight in honoring each other. Why do we do that? Because we're confident in who God has called us to be. See, our relationship is tight with the Lord. We're connected to him. And because we're connected to him, because we're, we're, we're strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, and because we're aware that um, uh, the gifts that God has given us, we don't find those by comparing ourselves to others, but we measure ourselves by the way that God views us instead. Because of that, we're not intimidated by other people when they're good at something. And then we're able to genuinely love other people. And we take delight in honoring them. And guess what that does when we honor other people? It helps them to discover their gifts. So you can turn to that person beside you that's really strong in leadership and maybe you're not strong in leadership and you can have the confidence to know who you are in Christ and you can turn to them and say, man, you are such a great leader because you know who you are in Christ. You're not insecure. You're not into yourself, but you're, you're actually lifting up the name of Jesus and you're glorifying him and you're strong in who he's called you to be. And so therefore you're able to love other people. I love that. And then the next thing is it says, never be lazy but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with helping other people find their gifts? But that idea of enthusiastically comes from the word zeo in the Greek, which means to be hot or to boil liquids. And I believe that one of the keys to helping others find uh, their gifting and for you to be able to find your gifting is to keep yourself on fire for the Lord. Come on, keep your heart soft towards him. Keep your heart ready. Keep your heart boiled up and strong and fervent towards him. And I believe that when you can do that, then you can begin to understand that, first of all, everything came from him. Everything exists by his power and it's for his glory. You can give your life as an act of worship and allow that act of worship to change the way you think. And one of the things that that does, the think change of thinking is that we uh, realize that everything we have is a result of his grace. And we measure ourselves by God's view of us, not by comparing ourselves to others. And we, uh, uh, um, we, all, we all recognize that we function best in community and surrounded by other people. And finally, we're able to be confident in who God has called us to be. See, my prayer for you today, church, is that God would begin to reveal to you the gift that he's given you. That you would find your confidence in him and not in yourself. I go back to my big idea again, which is that the, the answer to the questions of function, place, and fit does not start with looking inward, but by fixing our eyes back on Jesus. Church, I believe that we will discover the treasure that God has placed inside of us when we recognize that our confidence and our hope and everything we have comes by his grace and it comes from him. And so this morning, uh, in a few moments, Pastor Mike's going to come back and he's going to be able to pray with you. And, um, and, and I just want to believe with you this morning that God is going to reveal to you the gifts that he's given you. And my prayer for you today is that you would be, um, you know, Paul says it to Timothy in the book of First Timothy. He says, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And I want you to be strong, not in your abilities, but be strong in his grace be strong in the things that he's given you and recognize that everything comes from him, that it exists for his glory. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's by his power that you have the things that you have. 
I believe that when you do that, you're going to be able to discover the gifts that God has for you, the things that he has for you to do. Amen.